Hello, everybody. I'm Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching The Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Y'all, it's already a day. The fire alarm was going off at Dell's university. Yes, it was going, it just as, as we were about to start, the fire alarm goes off and I am going, oh my God, do I, I, I literally said, do I have to vacate? And uh, the head of my department, Brett said, he said, no, if you smell smoke, just jump out my window. <laughs> and in fairness, it's probably your fault anyway. That's a lot of flame. That is a lot of flame. It, it was, a, it was a test. It was a test and they're done. It's, it's I think we're all good. How are you, Del Shores? Oh my I'm God. really asking. I haven't talked to you literally since our last show. I know. We always have to fake it, and we don't have to fake it because we have not talked to each other. I haven't even talked to you about your show, which I have not seen yet, but I'm going to. I have my link. Uh, I've been busy. I've been busy. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um anyway i'm i'm doing all right i am down to uh this is tuesday i have uh, four more days here and i am having a good time with my students and uh am ready to come home as well so it's what you do this all good. weekend um i taught um uh -huh. on the you know on, on and then we did this sorted team Team Sorted Lives with Desert AIDS, and we have great news. We raised $26,120, and we are currently the number one team. So uh, oh. I, if it now stands- how much longer can people contribute? You know, they never quite tell us. So it's always like, wait, wait, they just, they just went above us for because so, Patrick Stewart Properties is just right on our ass. Uh, it's been neck and neck, back and forth, back and forth. So I, I don't know. I think at least another week, you know, oh, good. They, yeah. So if you didn't give, feel free to, but we are happy. Thank you, Art Gregory and, uh, Michael Taylor Gray for being amazing co-captains, but your show, I want to hear, how did it go? It did y'all so sing pretty? Fun. What? I said, did y'all sing pretty? Well, I like to think so. Uh, we did have an absolute blast. It was um, so much fun, so silly. And everybody who came, thank y'all so much. I see some of y'all are even here. Rob was there. Hi, Rob. What was that? Oh, that's my show playing in the background. I was going <laughs> to show you. I was like, why do I hear me? What is happening? There's a ghost in the machine. You are in hell, and your hell is to hear yourself sing this show over and over for the next eternity. Literally, next, like that's just it. Eternity. Here, I'll show you, because we did uh, costume changes. Uh, so we made, uh, we turned our living room into a little set. See, that's the wreath we made in the background. That's our oh villain wreath. We had costume I, changes. That is uh, quite the event. I, I put on a pumpkin shirt that scott nevins gave me because it was too small to fit his shoulders oh uh, his biceps i'm sure yes uh his beauty and the beast parody like we we were not casual for this living room cabaret it's and, our and, festive holiday and shirt blake has a little mustache going it looks like 
I have that's that for his actual Halloween costume, but it like, you know, it takes some time because his doesn't grow uh, the way mine does. So it but looks yeah. so much fun. I cannot wait to see it, Emerson. I heard no, I heard only good things. So. so we did have a delightful time, and I am. I know lots of you um, who were here uh, from the show came, and I really appreciate it. Uh, we did have an absolute blast. So yeah, it was really fun. And we've already started thinking about our holiday show. I just realized, you know what's great about doing living room shows? You don't have to take your stuff anywhere. There's no venue set up. There's nobody to worry about. It's just like, wake up, rearrange the nope. living room, and put on a show. No flights to catch. Nothing. You know what, Emerson? You just reminded me of everything I miss. <laughs> I miss going and setting up and going and checking into the hotel. And I do miss it. But I have to say, I think it's very inspirational here, teaching here. And the students, a lot of them very despondent about not being able to perform. You can perform. You just have to figure it out. And you guys did such a great job, obviously, in, in with costumes and everything. So, And it was a fun little distraction. I feel like this Halloween week, y'all, let's lean in to the to the witchiness, to the costumery, because we are only seven days from this election and the nonsense is blowing out the roof. It's just a lot. Oh, lots of desperation. I, I do have to say though, today I heard, I just sat and just turned everything off and watched President Obama speak. And I thought, that's a real president. We need a real president. We need somebody who cares about us and not just about themselves and yep. their agenda. Yep. Well, and on so, the heels of last night, rushing that Amy Coney Barrett confirmation in, she was done. They had a big old another super spreader party to uh, swear her in, and that's done. You know, that's they, we talk about all the the impact of things, and that is an unchangeable thing. She is now on the court until she decides that she does not want to be on the court. And we saw or last dies. night. Well, right. Yes. That's this. Those are the. <laughs> that's the other. Well, I didn't mean. I didn't mean that. That I'm wishing. I'm not even that evil. Uh, for her, I don't wish that. Right. Uh, well, but I mean, uh, and she's young. So we're looking at 40 yeah. years. You know, this. Yeah. This is not uh, soon. And even just yesterday, and the decision they made about the Wisconsin ballots, like y'all, as we look at voting, as you talk to people about their votes, their plans to vote, we are now past the point where people where. Uh, important people think it's safe to mail in your ballot. If you have a paper ballot that you were planning to mail in, you need to take it and drop it off somewhere. They just decided yesterday, five to three, that Wisconsin ballots must be in by 8 p.m. on election day. No, two, three days after uh, that the Democrats wanted, they, they wanted even longer. Uh, so really pay attention. And if your deadline is on election day, don't trust the Postal Service anymore. Take it to a polling place and drop it off. Check you know, today, today I was I have to say something about our young people, Emerson, because I, I talked to my classes yesterday. All of them, all of these kids are voting, all of them. And it was just, you know, in many voting uh, in opposition to what their families are voting and getting a lot of shit for it. And today I had lunch with three of my former students and uh, I asked him, I said, are y'all voting? And Roshanae said, I already voted. And Anna said, I'm going I'm driving home. I'm driving home because I'm registered in another county and I'm voting. And Emmanuel said, I, I wonder if I can still vote early or am I going to have to do it on the election? And I said, we're walking. 
to the polling place up the street after lunch. And we did, and he checked and he can vote today later on. And he's going in because it's the last day to vote early voting here in Louisiana. Oh, so there's like, and then it cuts off and then it's only the day of. That's right. That's right. I don't know why. I really well, don't I mean, understand. Every state's different. So make sure you know how your state works. You know, I've been doing my texting all week for Biden. Um, I will share. I had one. Uh, sometimes it's texting to see if people are registered, to see if they're voting, to try to get them uh, to do stuff. Because this weekend is the biggest weekend for calling, right? For making phone banks, for doing calls, pushing people to get out uh, to the polls. But so I was sending texts that were uh, asking people if they would phone back. So I was texting Democrats to ask them to phone those. bank. And I had a very um, sweet woman uh, in Oregon say, I'm so sorry. Uh, my husband just had a transplant. We're as still at the hospital, so I can't. And I was like, ma'am, uh, you don't need to be worrying about that. I just said, sending strength to you and healing to him. And you take care of him. And she was like, oh, only a Democrat would say that. And I, said, I said, well, it's our, we will worry about this over here. You worry about him over there. We will all do our part. She said, we've already put in our votes because we knew it was happening. And it was just sort of lovely to also be chatting with people, you know, that I don't know that are, that we are all in this together. I know it feels really dark and there's a lot of fear um, around what could happen and how it's going to go. And all of those are very real. But remembering that uh, we are mighty and we are strong uh, and we can get this across this finish line uh, together for well, Biden and Harris and for the Senate and for our down ballot people. I was very impressed with with my students, but not only that, but seeing the statistics of how 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 many more are voting in that twenty to thirty year old uh, bracket than did in uh, two thousand and sixteen, and especially since two thousand and eight, it has really really increased. So that's that's hopeful, and and hopefully most hopefully most of them are Democrats, uh, but. Um, it's yeah, it's a scary time. I have to say though, I'm so I'm so impressed that you've been doing that because I think many more are doing uh, phone banking and texting because I have never had so many texts yeah. ever. Now I have a feeling it's because I have been uh, in the time where I don't have as much money. I have been giving more money uh, to to various uh, uh, you know. Uh, Candidates. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was going to say, I couldn't think of the word campaigns, candidates. It's all oh, fuzzy. But uh, anyway, I just uh, I, I, I just hoped and I love that you, 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 you know, you communicate. Sometimes I communicated with one. I think I told I said it on the show where I actually used the word motherfucker uh, in a text back. I, we got to get this motherfucker out of office. And the woman, she wrote me back. She goes, I agree. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Yeah. And I thought, I bet that's the only time you got the word motherfucker in a text today. I mean, probably not. You were not alone in, in the strong language feelings. Uh, oh. But and it is. And, and, you know, and people like voting is important and the goal is to win and then to hold these candidates accountable. Like I know there's people who are frustrated in all of the process and voting is just one piece of what it does takes to create change in our country and in our culture, but it is a very important piece. Uh, so this is the moment to not sit in embarrassment and to like check in with the people you know and make sure everyone's participating. Yeah, that's right, exactly right. Is the LGBTQ news and nonsense. So thank you, whether you're watching us on the Facebook, on YouTube or on Periscope, on Twitter. Hello, say hi, share the broadcast. Uh, we know it's still earlier in the day for some of y'all. So hello to our later watchers uh, and 
we'll get on to the news. Yes, we will. Uh, we had uh, one of our buddies, uh, Fortune uh, Themesters, uh, got married. Uh, she married her fiance, Jacqueline Smith, not the Charlie's Angels one, just to be clear. It's a different one. And they've been, been engaged uh, in, since uh, 2018. Look at that beautiful picture. Uh, they were originally intended to get married in the summer of 2020 until the pandemic. Uh, Fortune told People Magazine, I'm not going to lie. There were some nerves about the Supreme Court after uh, RBG died. All these people started uh, talking about gay marriage again. On the first day of their session, two of the justices brought up gay marriage. I think I had posted something on Instagram, something like, oh, man, this is nerve wracking as a gay person. All these people were like, go get married now. Who knows what will happen? Hopefully marriage equality is here to stay, but we wanted to be more proactive and get married while we know we can. Uh, Fortune and Jax weren't the only ones. Last week, couples flocked to City Hall in St. Louis, Missouri to get married before Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed. Lot's wife, pastor. Now I had to look that up. That's the name of the church. Lot's wife is uh, uh, Tori Jameson said, I worry about all our rights being rolled back if she gets in, but I don't have a lot of political power. I'm just a community pastor. She decided to offer free wedding ceremonies to any couple who wanted to take them up on their offer while we still have the chance. As news spread on social media about the pop-up elopements, the wider community turned out to support the initiative. Florists, bakers, photographers, decorators, and officiants volunteered their services for joyful ceremonies that touched the heart of the city. And all 16 couples were wed. And photographer Alicia Hoyt took stunning photos of the couples like Cole and Lawrence. Look at them, so happy. Um, so I know, it's, you know, Weddings. What I've known, I've known fortune through just Martindale since we first moved to LA, they were in a improv group together all the way back. And so it was really lovely to see her and Jax get to, uh, go ahead and go through with their wedding. And I feel like that's really real, uh, for some people, you know, thinking about there is not a case just FYI, y'all, there is not a case currently like waiting for the Supreme Court about marriage equality specifically, like it would take some sort of challenge to move through the court system um, to provide an opportunity for that. So it isn't as though uh, on next week, Amy Coney Barrett's like getting rid of same-sex marriage. That's not- She's not gonna come in and say, let's get it. Let's do it, boys. She let's doesn't do just it. announce. It's not an edict that can be uh, just like, I don't think right. we should have done this and overturn it. But it is very real that there are a number of cases affecting our community that are waiting and working their way up through the system that this new 6-3 majority for the conservatives on the court will have a huge impact on. So I really do understand. I think about, you know, it's like you in California, you know, when California marriage first passed and you got married during the window. Like these, these, by the way, today is in 2003 and 2008 was my wedding date. So uh, I would have been married 17 years, not legally 17 years, but in 2008, we chose the same day to uh, get remarried legally. And and then we got divorced because that's our right to. Absolutely, Um, we're supposed to be able to do all of the steps of the process. But so I do understand people, one excited, you know, wanting to make sure and, and, and also people that are a little bit afraid. I wanna, cause it's selfish. Michael said, I forgot to see the show on Sunday. Can I still sign up to see it? Michael, yes, I still have the link to the show. 
So just if you'll just Venmo me $20, the ticket price, uh, I will send you the link uh, and you can watch it at your convenience, sir. And related. And Venmo me five. I kind of been in a jam. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I was, I, I, whatever. It's our show. Um, I've been thinking about after the election I on Tuesday, you know, while we have all of this engaged energy, I'm looking at new places to focus my energy related to the issues we're fighting on. Because, like, if we win this election, it does not end on Wednesday. And I feel like there's some people who are looking forward to life going back to, quote, normal. I mean, it's not pandemic, lockdown, et cetera. But like keeping the energy of being disengaged in our political process, in our social issues, in the issues that we want our representatives to address and supporting the organizations that do that work every day while the rest of us, you know, live our lives. So I'm looking at where to put my energy uh, after as well. That's just a random thought. And also in, uh, we could be writing a series. That would be nice. Yes. After I mean, yeah. <laughs> I want to be very busy, but also directing funds and energy in support of the causes addressing the issues this election was I agree. about. I agree. And continuing on marriage, you know, when the Obergefell SCOTUS decision happened, uh, in, it invalidated same-sex marriage bans. The weird thing is it doesn't remove those laws from the books in the various states that have them. It just makes them unenforceable, essentially. So Nevada is one of the states that still has a same-sex marriage ban. Well, this election day, question two is on the, the ballot and it would repeal the constitutional amendment against same-sex marriage. Uh, a pair of Karens actually, see not all Karens are bad. Activists Karen Vibe and Karen Goodley have for years led the pro-LGBTQ charge to remove that amendment when it that was approved in 2000 and 2002 in Nevada. In 2012, they started a challenge to the ban that led them all the way to the Court of Appeals. And in October, 2014, they won their case and they were the first same-sex couple in the state to get married. So Vibe said, we have this tiny little detail in our constitution that changed 18 years ago, and now we need to remove that language to make sure we are abiding by our current laws. So voting yes on question two in Nevada will get rid of the language in the constitution at all. And I love that so that we don't Me have too. the lingering vestiges. You know, people have been doing the, the same thing with racist things, right, in, in various state constitutions. So yay, Karens, positive Karen news. Absolutely. And in amazing news, uh, Tony Winner and outspoken icon and my buddy, uh, Betty Lynn Buckley has written a new open letter to Trump Pence campaign and I'm gonna read it. I'm not gonna to try to imitate the great, the legendary Betty Buckley, but I do, I want you to know, I tweeted her today that we were doing this and she tweeted me back and said, thank you. I so, just figured you don't have to do it as Betty Buckley, but I feel like you and she share a core of righteous pontification yes. and, and that we you are can certainly do justice to her yes. work. So here we go, despite numerous pleas and a formal cease and desist from the composer, you've continued to use my rendition of memory from cats at your campaign rallies. We must insist that you stop this misappropriation of music and performance that has nothing to do with the representation of your regime. Your presidency, complete devoid of empathy for humanity, is the very antithesis of art. Thanks to your disastrous mishandling of the pandemic, Broadway must remain shuttered until at least May 30th, 2021. The same super spreader events at which you blame my recordings 
that you blare my recordings are undoubtedly exasperating the problem. So you are exploiting the work of Broadway artists as events that may well spread the very virus that is keeping us unemployed in the first place. Of course, this cruel irony shouldn't be surprising. Cruelty comes so naturally to you and your enablers. I cannot sit idly by and witness my work being used to promote your fascist agenda. You've been absconded with the words of Dr. Fauci, taken out of context in your campaign ads. And despite his protests, you blunder in your dismissal of science and common sense for the greater good. I imagine you'll ignore this repeated request to cease and desist, and you'll ignore all of the requests that preceded it from, from me, Elton John, Bruce Springsteen, the Rolling Stones, Phil Collins, and many other musicians. musicians. <laughs> I, I'm on. A, I, I'm getting riled up. Who are as appalled as we are to be associated with your deplorable mendacity and ill behavior. The good news is that we, the voters, have the ultimate say. We will reject you at the polls, and by January, the utter hell of your presidency, your criminal enablers, and regime will be nothing more than a memory. Sincerely, Betty Buckley. A proud, proud Texas Democrat. Democrat. Yes, Betty Buckley. Oh, well I love said. that so much. I just love the like evisceration. You know, like just, you know, people who have great power with words. It's just amazing. And what if you an don't icon. follow, if you don't follow her on Twitter, oh, you must. She speaks our language. I adore her so much. So hi, Betty. And it's funny, I follow, you know, her brother, Norman Buckley is a huge TV director um, and out. Um, and it's so funny, he followed her to Los Angeles when she was doing Eight is Enough. He posted some story yesterday about working at the Chateau Marmont, living at the Chateau Marmont when he first got to LA. And I just think like what an incredible family. And their mother is like 94 or something mm -hmm. in Fort Worth. And, and she's always out and about on the town. I mean, the Buckleys, like, our power forces. And, and let me tell you, Betty Buckley just had shoulder surgery. So she had to write this letter, possibly on painkillers. Oh, I, you know, if anything, I feel like that helps. <laughs> Why not? Uh, Todd said, hey, I'm out of Facebook jail. I couldn't respond, but I watch every show. Uh, there's oh. nothing more frustrating. We are so glad that you are back. I think Todd was also in the hospital or his husband. So I hope all is well in your world. He said he got in trouble because he told Trump supporters to vote on the wrong day. He didn't even cuss this time. <laughs> <laughs> now y'all, that's hilarious, but fake news is bad from any direction. He told us that y'all don't forget to vote on November 5th. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but also if you can be fooled by that, it's your own stupidity. Really, I mean, really. It's like, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, I loved it. <laughs> Um, uh, well, welcome back, Todd. Um, and in following elections, you know, we've, uh, we're doing all we can to support flipping the Senate and our LGBTQ down ballot candidates. And there was a, uh, in Texas, Omar Leos is a member of the school board for San Antonio's Northeast Independent School District. And he's been targeted with anti-gay messaging in support of his conservative opponent, Ione McGinty. Mail outs distributed by the Fundamentalist San Antonio Family Association 
that's a mouthful. You know, anytime there's a family association, you can almost always just assume that they're bigots because what they mean is just their kind of family. You know, anybody that's just like in it for family doesn't need to be like, oh, when people say protect the family, they always mean just for families that look like theirs. Mm, but that's a yeah. poster. And it described Leo's, who's gay, describing him as married to a same-sex man with quotation marks around the word married. Now, uh, because they didn't include his name, that's why they ended up with this awkward married to a same-sex man. It's it also like a, in, the like, wording. I know. It's so much effort to be a bigot. It also claims he voted to a reaffirm radical sex ed and highlights he has no children in the district. Now, he's lived there with his husband for 11 years, works as a fine arts coordinator for schools in another part of San Antonio, whereas Ione is a tennis coach with no listed qualifications beyond a high school diploma, also has no children enrolled in the district schools because she homeschools her six children. Well, a local gay resident found this flyer and said, me and my also gay husband can't even escape homophobic propaganda in our mailbox. Don't vote for this horrible lady, please. Leos responded saying, I'm surprising they're using homophobic tactics to go after voters. It's insulting. But you know what? I'm proud of my marriage. I'm proud that I'm able to marry legally in the U.S. Now, McGinty declined to condemn the messages, however, claiming that people that offended by them were heterophobic. Ma'am, it's not a thing. Mm -mm. Really not a thing. So much but work. Gosh, you know, it's hard running for any office and then having like bigotry for racism, transphobia, homophobia, you know, when you're running for something from a marginalized community and you have to deal with that bigotry on top of just the normal hard things of running and running for office. That's, I just love that wording. It just cracks me up. It reminds me of the same-sex man. That it's like our anti-equality revival. It's just like, yeah. let's just show what a bigot you are. So, no. all right. Well, you know, while I was away, because trust me, they would not do this if I were <laughs> in town. On Friday night, 40 to 70 people participated in a sad, sad, pathetic march built by log cabin Republicans as gays and housewives take over WeHo. You're going to have a lot more than you need a lot more than 40 to 70 to take over WeHo boys. Correct. Uh, they met at the Pacific Design Center and then marched, marched up to Santa Monica Boulevard chanting gays for Trump and then passed the Abbey. Few of them wore face masks, uh, a bunch of mask holes, even though they require, they're required in it, we hope, that you can get fined. And then they trolled up and down the boulevard, some getting some very angry shouts in front of Fiesta Cantina. You know, what's that tequila <laughs> kicks in? <laughs> Katie barred the door. The whole thing lasted for about an hour. The event was peaceful, but photojournalist Chelsea Lauren posted a photo of sheriff's deputies posing with a MAGA protester holding a Trump sign. She tweeted, I've been to numerous rallies on both sides of this point. And I have to say that the difference in treatment during fully peaceful protest is drastic, to say the least. Sheppy Shine, a candidate for West Hollywood City Council, replied that deputies' actions were not in line with our values in West Hollywood. The deputies' actions immediately sparked outrage as people passing by stopped to question why on-duty officers were appearing to endorse a political agenda. One conservative attendee claimed before the protest, deputies told us to get loud and proud and that they were proud of us. One of the organizers said that they made history because when they had a Gays for Trump rally 
and we hope two years ago only five people showed up well good for them they got 35 more I, uh, one i love that they called it a win by because last time they only had five but it's interesting because they didn't publicize this anywhere i looked it was like they wanted to do it but they didn't want enough people to know about it that there could be a big reaction and it sort of seems like they would want one so they could play the victim it was very like weird and like silly, but I agreed with them. You know, it's uh, uncomfortable seeing the sheriffs like pal around with protesters not wearing masks. I feel like- When they should be fining them. They should be writing them a ticket. When everybody was making such a big deal out of wearing masks for all the Black Lives Matter protests for all of the rallies, because 10,000 people were at that same intersection, you know, two months ago. And Sheppy Shine, I love that she said that. I voted for Sheppy for West Hollywood City Council. Uh, young and progressive and exciting. Um, I love seeing her, but I wanted to show a little video just so y'all could see, because at a certain point, it's just sort of like, I guess y'all are just, like, yeah, it is. Because look at this, like. It's just sort of wandering through the crosswalk. Like, I feel like there's so much of just doing it for the Instagram. Like, that's everybody. That's the whole crew. That's it. That's, that's it. All you get. Um, yeah, it was almost funny that no one bothered to, like, protest against them because it was like, okay, sure. Y'all y'all do that. Um, and so there's, there's about 40,000 residents in uh, West Hollywood and they got, what is that 0. 0.0001 percent? Well, you know, there were a couple of like conservative gay influencer types. There was like, I feel like most of the people were from outside of West Hollywood anyway. I mean, you know, let's be honest. They rolling on in. Well, all right, y'all. Well, here on this Friday, we are marching merrily it's along. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Nothing means anything anymore. Remember last week when I thought it was the end of your first week in Louisiana? Like time <laughs> no, is no. a meaningless concept. I have no idea. I only I mean, know I, it's seven days. I just know because I'm, I am actually working right now. So yes. I go, it, no, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. I'm like, mm -hmm, that seems right. That sounds good. Well, if you enjoy the show, uh, because we sure enjoy doing it, and we do put in a good bit of work to bring you the stories we think are important and the stories we think are silly, we should laugh together. Uh, you can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to beardcollinshoresproductions at gmail.com. Thank you to Michael Shane, who already tipped this afternoon morning. Um, we do appreciate it. It is meaningful. Uh, we are working hard. Um, but as we say every time, don't give us any money you will miss. And make sure you've given to everything useful you can think of before you get to us. Yes, especially with this election. If you say, I'm going to give to Jamie Harrison in lieu of Del Shores and Emerson Collins, I would say give. Give to Jamie Harrison. That's, that's the other, you know, I've texted for Biden and Harris, but Jamie Harrison's campaign, that's the other one. I text weekly for Jamie when they do their big banks. Uh, that's the other one I'm really personally invested in, in addition to all of the down ballot LGBT. Ricky Benquero we talked about in Florida. I watched him do a sort of like gay officials with Chevron Jones and Brian Sims. Brian Sims was camping and he like joined this uh, call for the three of them promoting LGBT down ballot people. Um, I'm still running that. If you want to contribute 
uh, to those candidates we've talked about on the show, uh, that is still available. Yes. You've done so well, too. I know. I, we got up to like $2,400. And of course, we posted all of the like individual links to the show. So that's just who people who did it my easy way. I know everyone's been contributing where they can to everyone they can. And these last days, y'all, really do matter. I know when you look at, oh, they have millions of dollars, but the amount of money that will get blown in the next seven days on commercials and on uh, news placements uh, for people who are so busy in regular life that they haven't had time to think about the election until right at this weekend, that is why this last push is so important for all these campaigns, especially these ones that are really close, like Texas, like uh, Georgia, Montana, and Kansas, and- Pennsylvania. Yes, yeah. well, yeah, not at the presidential. I've, I've just the Senate ones, because we gotta get both, y'all. Yes, absolutely. And and and, he, and we can you can look at it this way. Honestly, you can go well since they're not passing that stimulus bill. This will at least stimulate the economy a little bit by yeah. getting some money flowing. Just getting well, some money flowing. I tell you what, though, this stupid confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett and how quickly they were able to do that. I mean, Mitch McConnell crawled out of the crypt to get this stuff done. Those hands are terrifying. Um, and yet now we're going to go on vacation until after the election. The pandemic assistance that so many people struggling to pay bills and rent whose jobs still aren't fully back in place and people who were out of work for so long and th that we can take care of the Supreme Court and not stop and say, what does it take to take care of the actual Americans? So many of whom are struggling financially uh, as we head into this colder season, the likelihood of the pandemic uh, e escalating in various places makes my brain and both both sides need to take responsibility. They need to talk more. They need to cross that fucking aisle and 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 do things. It's just it's ridiculous. Um, I got in trouble. I said something in a um, little you know Zoom thing the other day. I said something about wishing that some of our senators would get COVID, and people got mad at me. Just one person got mad at me. And I said, not, a, not I don't mean ventilator COVID. I just mean, you know, just a little bit, or, you know, just to remind them that this is all real, you know, <laughs> just a little bit, you know, a little bit of a lesson, a little more than Trump. It is uh, mind boggling that there's so many people bought into that disinformation campaign that it takes like someone they know getting a disease for them to believe that it's real and that it's serious. like. It just, it's just well, here's what bothered me about it, Emerson, truly, because, you know, here you have the president of the United States who has to be responsible for many deaths because of his anti-mask bullshit. And then but if I say that I hope that, you know, Mitch McConnell gets COVID, uh, you know, just a mild case to teach him a lesson then I get in trouble, but but I don't know, don't get me started. There's just not enough time. Yes, it does show. always seem like when the rules don't, you know, when the, when the decorum doesn't apply to the most powerful elected official in the world, it's sort of like, it's like, I don't know, how do you tell your kids not, you know, to, to behave when it's like, when you have that example up there, it's like, we have to do better in spite of uh, these horrible people. All right, down in Dallas, the Dallas Voice, sort of shared this bonkers story and it shows you, you know, that we, we, we are strong at times and have a lot of influence. There was a tavern, the Redfields Tavern in Dallas. Uh, the Dallas Voice released an audio tape of the owners of it instructing a manager to stop hiring gay mail servers. According to the recording, they'd seen an upsurge in business from queer customers since the start of the pandemic, but the owners were concerned about the number of gay employees. One said, 
We are not going to try to be a gay bar to keep our business up. Later adding the group has 30 something investors that they did not tell them we were going to open a gay bar. The manager on the recording said, I feel like we've hired people that are qualified more than anything because we needed better service. We got better service. One of the owners pushed back saying, I'm not hearing that the people we are hiring are really adding much as far as quality service. That's the feedback I've gotten from people. The manager responded by asking if the pair wanted her to fire everyone. One responded, we get female servers. At one point, this is my favorite part. The woman explained she'd been told accurately profits would soar if Redfields was a gay bar, but that she was not trying to make the staff gay. One said, yes, you are. And she says, if the gay crowd gets wind that we don't like gay people, we will have no business. One of the others said, if we hire someone and they don't fit our image, then they won't be on the schedule or we'll fire them. Well, the community in Dallas found out. This recording was released. The Voice did a big story. That's interesting because like, there's definitely like bigotry in that uh, happening. But they sent an email that the owner sent right after that meeting three weeks ago where he said, I wanted to send this immediately after our meeting yesterday, but it seemed like everyone was a little exhausted. I really want to clarify something because it continues to disturb me that the conversation about our staff, what we say sometimes is mislabeled or misunderstood. Nobody, including Scott or myself or any partner or anyone on our staff cares about anyone else on our staff's sexual orientation. It's a non-issue. So it seems like they knew that they said some things and wanted to clean it up in the moment before this all got released later. They sent a statement to the boys saying Redfield strongly denies the notion that it doesn't want members of the LGBTQ community as its patrons. That's simply not true. We cannot say the following any more strongly. All members of the gay community are welcome at Redfield's. Well, a photo got sent to the Dallas voice of the sign at Redfield's Tavern being painted over. The wife of one of the owners said that Redfield's Tavern operations are suspended at this time for the safety of our employees who immediately began receiving threatening phone calls the first night, resulting in us closing early and not resuming operations since that time. We're not sure what our plans are. I mean, it's painted over the sign. It looks like, I don't know if they're shutting down or if they're reopening under another name, but don't be a bigot. So are they saying that they got threats from the gay community? Um, from people that's who saw they- the story. Yeah. I mean, I believe, like, I believe that there are terrible people in every community. People on the internet right. are bonkers in every community. And you can find out the address and phone numbers of them because it's on the liquor license. And, you know, in any time people are upset about something, there are some people who will be crazy. And to be clear, that is not okay. Like harassing no. an individual over like a business decision. This is not a direct hate crime. This is bigotry that there are official avenues to deal with. You know, um, and yes, and, I, and, and I'm all for not yeah. patronizing this place. I don't think I'll be going there when I'm in Dallas because uh, I, I, you know, whatever the fuck they said, their, their big spin on cleaning this up. Obviously, they said what they said. It was recorded. It was documented. And it was awful. It was terrible what they said. So, and but it's also, I don't know, I guess I'm at the point where, like, I hope all of those employees are okay and the gay people who work there and patronize there. There's a bunch of other bars in the neighborhood for people to go to. So, I hopefully the employees are all okay with the jobs. Um, but there's also an amusing thing for me in watching two straight guys basically try to say, We don't mind having some of y'all, we just don't want so many that people think we're a gay bar. I feel like that's the needle they were trying to thread. Uh, and just 
the bigotry popped out. Yeah. So I, looks like they're not there I, no more. It's I, not there I, no more. I, and I'm not going to. Yeah, it's not there no more. Like Moby Dicks, it's not there uh -huh. no more. From Southern Baptist Sissies said by Mr. Leslie Jordan to, for that for y'all who did not get that reference. But, you know, I mean, it's just like I, I, I don't feel I mean, I don't think it's right. You're right. Emerson. It's not right for anybody to receive threats. We have, you know, had that or I've had that in, in my career. It doesn't feel good to be threatened. Um, but um, this is uh, they. they, they they did reap what they sowed in a yeah. way, you know, Absolutely. so and they didn't think anybody was listening. And some employee or who in that meeting said, no, it's you. a half an hour recording. I did not listen to the whole thing. So somebody, somebody pressed record on that iPhone and leaked it. That's exactly yep. what happened. All right. There's some TikTok news. Uh, they announced to plan a removal of hateful posts and start cracking down even more on anti-LGBT content, white supremacist and Nazi content, and videos that spread falsehoods about Jewish people, Muslims, and other minority groups. The blog said, as part of our efforts to prevent hateful ideologies from uh, taking, taking root, we will stem the spread of coded language and symbols that can normalize hateful speech and behavior. When it comes to anti-LGBT content, uh, uh, that now includes videos that promote harmful and discredited practices like conversion therapy. TikTok maintained that while it already uh, removes Nazi content, it felt the need to enlarge the ban to remove neighboring ideologies such as white nationalism, white genocide theory, as well as statements that have their origin in these ideologies. The platform will also take action to remove videos that contain misinformation and hurtful stereotypes about Jewish, Muslim, and other communities. Good for TikTok. Absolutely. And because they walk a line of sometimes, you know, do, uh, banning content or removing videos that can feel a little against the LGBTQ community. Um, so it's good. These, this kind of statements, uh, you know, it's a little bit like Instagram, like they're a little bit afraid of the sexuality of queer people, if you will. Um, and also, do you watch the TikToks very often? I just now no. I just see it when they show up other places because there's amazing information about like elections, about communities in there, but also like 50% of TikTok seems like people trying to invent the Macarena to me. You know, it's like these little strange choreography things that are like, they don't make them that hard so that everybody else can do it. So everybody will get in on their dance. And so I just feel like they're like one. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. And then you just see like thousands of the same video. Um, but it makes me happy. I only um, watch it when someone sends me something that's that makes me laugh. Yes. Um, so. um, Adam Schiff, you know, he's my representative. So I know, that's my buddy. Other favorite yeah. Adam Schiff here and said hi. Hi, Adam. Um, it just always makes me smile. He's my representative. I did vote to send him back to work. Um, and a quick little story out of the UK that's a little uh terrifying and a reminder to be careful about who and how you meet. An Irish court just convicted a heterosexual couple, Joel O'Say and Diana Christia, of the murder of an Irish dancer, Adrian Murphy. They met him on Grinder and drugged him and robbed him using a substance with the nickname Devil's Breath. They were arrested in June 2019 following the discovery of his body in a London flat. They had tried to steal his identity to procure $80,000 worth of diamonds. They used Grinder to lure men into meeting the man, intending to drug and rob them, believing they'd be too embarrassed to tell the police. 
and then she would be there to sell the goods. Well, they were caught on CCTV footage um, and they investigated the drug overdose of another man, the couple allegedly also robbed uh, after meeting him on Grinder. but he survived and helped the police identify him. Murphy, the dancer's brother said, the world is full of sameness, but this could not be said of our brother, Adrian. He brought love and art of dance to thousands of young people all over the world. He made so many loyal friends who are so sad at his untimely passing as he was an inspirational Irishman who was a gifted dancer and choreographer. Now the poison, because I wanted to know, devil's breath is a slang name for the chemical scopolamine, which is derived from the nightshade plants. It's become a popular drug among thieves and rapists who use it to incapacitate victims. It was found in Murphy's system and in a drink can. So just another reminder, y'all, you know, even right now it's hard to meet people, period. But if you are meeting people that you don't know from the internet, ensuring that your first encounter with them is a public encounter, or you do like I used to do when I was horning in the middle of the night, I had a friend that I would text the address to that I was going to and say, if you don't hear from me in two hours, because let's be honest, it was gonna take less than that. Uh, this is where I am. So y'all just be careful. Or was. Or was. Yeah. Um, so, all right. And then another awful story. Police in the city of uh, Narbonne. Is that the way you say the uh, name Narbonne. of the city? Narbonne, uh, France have arrested a 52-year-old man for threatening to kill his daughter in front of a group of shocked onlookers. His 19-year-old daughter had phoned him earlier that day to come out as a lesbian. Uh, according to the French newspaper um, Independent, the, le, oh, I missed the L. Yes, Independent. Uh, the daughter had uh, entered into a relationship with another woman. She began coming out to her friends on her college campus and eventually phoned her father to come out to him. Also, the man later told investigators that he was trembling with anger when she came out with him. The daughter said that he threatened to kill her during the phone conversation. He literally hopped in his car, drove 500 miles from the city of Strasbourg to uh, Narbonne. Then he, when he arrived, he found his daughter outside a building on campus and began to verbally attack her, threatening to cut her throat. He managed, she managed to escape inside the building and a university employee blocked the man from entering while she called the police. Police arrested the suspect for harassment and making threats. The woman, her girlfriend, and her mother have subsequently filed charges. Um, a spokesperson for the public prosecutor's office said that the man had a disproportionate reaction, no shit, uh, to his daughter's uh, coming out. Yeah, that's, I think that's a little bit uh, disproportionate. You know, and I, and it's just such a reminder, you know, as we work at the four, you know, as those of us in activism, those of us that are out and have been out a long time and with all the progress we make to remind people that just like with the election, right? We are fighting bigotry in our own families and our own towns. Um, think of this girl. And to drive 500 miles, that's what what hit me about this story. It's not just that he got angry, you know, that he had a reaction in the moment. He had 500 miles to calm down mm -hmm. and think about this daughter that he loves and he didn't. He still got there and went beyond that. You know, we are still fighting uh, on behalf of the next generation to make the world better for them and to protect them. And sometimes the people we're protecting them from are in their own houses. And it's not just in France. I mean, I, I see it here with my students. I, I've had some of them confide in me how they would love to come out to their parents, but there's still religious bigotry. There's still all that that, that Southern um, homophobia and they're, they're scared. They really yeah. are scared. 
And a reminder that coming out is, is important for your own journey, but coming out uh, is your journey and your time. And because I get people that ask me and I tell, you know, there are times when coming out isn't the best decision for you. If you will be unsafe, if you are financially dependent. That's what I ask. Else, um, that's it is OK to do what is best for your life journey in addition to your personal journey with your gender identity or orientation. Just a reminder. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in a much lighter thing, I read this story and just thought it was sort of fascinating. Um, a new set of letters between J.M. Barry, who's on the right, the novelist and playwright best remembered for Peter Pan, and Robert Louis Stevenson on the left, the writer of Treasure Island, have been revealed after being discovered in a dusty box of letters in a Yale archive, just sitting in a box. The men started writing each other in 1892, both Scottish, but Stevenson, who was older and had already published Treasure Island when they started writing, lived on the island of Samoa to improve his health. A year into their friendship, Barry wrote to him saying, to be blunt, I have discovered, have suspected it for some time, that I love you, and if you had been a woman, dot, dot, dot. The rest of the sentence is unfinished, but that's literally what he wrote in the letter. After Stevenson died in 1894, his letters to Barry were published, but Barry's side has been lost for more than a century. His letters, some of which run to 3,000 words long, include this declaration of love, wishing he would meet Stevenson and fantasizing that the pair were actually distantly related in order to open up to Stevenson about his close relationship with his mother. Dr. Michael Shaw, who discovered the letters, is publishing a new book called A Friendship in Letters said, what's revealed in these letters, it took me a while to discover the full extent, is the influence both Stevenson and the correspondents have on Barry. I mean, that's a rather overt declaration to mm. me. If you had been a woman, dot, dot, dot. You know, and, that, and certainly we can't assume that that means like, you know, maybe I'm just drawn to your mind. Maybe there was no other sort of direct sexual attraction to someone he's never met. But that's pretty overt. And it seems like Barry was basically a fangirl to Stevenson. Like, I can't believe you're writing me back. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Da, 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 da. And I just found it sort of charming. And it always makes me wonder what if, you know, if for people who lived in eras where there weren't even words or public discussion of who we are. It's like Jonathan did David, like Jonathan and David in the Bible. Absolutely. Passes that of a woman. So, oh, and also fun, fun news. Elton John is getting his first Barbie doll. Uh, it's a brand new limited edition styled like the fashion icon. It's wearing rainbows, glitter, and of course, some giant pink statement uh, sunglasses. According to Mattel, the Elton John Barbie doll is a bold collaboration that personifies two cultural icons and honors the extraordinary artistry and musicianship of a stellar performer. Elton John told Rolling Stone, Barbie is an icon in her own right, so having her pay tribute to my work and personal style is a real honor. I hope she inspires fans everywhere to fearlessly pursue their own dreams and limitless potential. Uh, the doll designed by Caroline uh, Demersman, I believe is the way you say it, marks the 45th anniversary of John's legendary record-breaking two-night concert at Dodger Stadium in 1975. And you know, it's not, I did, I expected it to be more. It's only $50. I mean, also to be clear, obviously y'all, it's not a Barbie of Elton John. It's Barbie dressed as Elton John. That's not meant right. to look like uh, Elton. I just love it. It looks like Barbie the ally. You know, like yes. she's ready for a pride parade. Like Barbie's ready to 
March with the Community. She's a fangirl. She's a fangirl. Yes. I loved it so much. Okay. <clears throat> I want to share this video with y'all because it's been taking a little more work in these really intense times to find lighthearted stories. And I keep getting this ad on Instagram. And I want to see if anybody else is getting it because I just find the articulation of this absolutely hilarious for some reason. Um, all right, here we go. I am here talking about my new favorite product. We're talking Solo Lotion. This is a product just made for your special me time. Your special That's me time. Typical nightstand lotion. This is Solo Lotion. It's coconut oil based. It transforms as you play. It is super amazing because it turns into this like gliding, sliding lotion, which is dope. And I think you should order some today. How okay. What is it? He just say lube. And 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 no. I'm just transforms into what it's just it, what is it I, I think the implication is it starts as like a thicker liquid and then as you work at it so to speak like you know like you're tubing tubing in down there uh that it like loosens and glides more but i just thought the amount of entendres that it took for that that it's called so low lotion s-o-l-o-w like for me time me time it's like your great grandmother talking about it it's Solo lotion for when you need some personal time down there. It is not your standard nightstand lotion. Lube. It's a lube lotion. Just, just sir. It's a lube. I'm going to stick with gun oil. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> just a little bit easier. I, it's it's, just, I just like it. I've, I'm used to it. it. I don't need it. transforms only at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Okay, so um, uh, a new book released this month called Loving, a ph photographic history of men in love, 1850s to 1950s, collects photographs of male romance over the course of a century, with many images taken secretly so the lovers didn't get caught. Uh, the book covers more than 100 years of social history reflecting changing fashions, hairstyles, and societal norms, as well as the development of photography. The range of individuals covers 19th century working class men, fashionably dressed businessmen, uh, university students, and soldiers, and sailors of all ages. One pair holds up a sign that says, Not oh, married, pause, but pause, 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 pause. You're reading through this like the world's ending. I have these photos. I can share them. So just one okay. Pair. One pair holds up a sign. Hold on. Pause. That oh, says, look, there they are. Hold on. Oh, okay. Look. And then there's one. There's the sign, not married, but willing to be. Oh, and uh, approximately 120 years ago. Wow. Another is a pair, notice how I slowed that down, y'all, exchanging rings in 1900. This one from 1910 says, Cowboy Dance Dad. Hold on, pause, pause, please. We're going to get to that. I like that, uh -uh. Cowboy, Cowboy Dance I mean, Dad. That. That, willing to be married. They were holding up a sign saying, willing to be married 120 years ago. That's bonkers. All right, there's your stag. It's the original roundup. The round, yes, the roundup. Uh, this one, uh, one, uh, yes, uh, and this one, uh, from 19. Okay, I'm sorry, Cowboy Stag. You got me all mixed up, Emerson. All That's of the so photos fun. are uh, from the collection of Hugh, uh, 
Nini and Neil Treadwell. And it started when they found an old photo of two men clearly in love at an antique shop in Dallas. Uh, this one of two men in the snow in the Alps in Austria uh, is from 1945. One soldier kept it hidden in a shoebox, and in the early 90s, he gave them a relative. Uh, he gave them to a relative with the ring he wore in the photo, and said, "Please keep this safe for me." And then he died two years later. Uh, the note on the back of this photo of sailors eating ice cream said, "Ice cream is so good." On a hot day, Smith and Wade still in love. And it's, it's a question. still in love question mark. I wonder why they. Yeah, said like that. they wondered. I found that so fascinating. You know, it's like clearly somebody else is photo, right? And so they were like yeah. Smith and Wade still in love because this one. Because I wondered with some of these, I was like, that could just be like a bunch of sailors hanging out, you know, being comfortable with each other. But the caption tells you Smith and Wade were once still in love. In love. Are they still? Yeah. Wow. It, what a what a wonderful book of history. It says that there's 300 images and it's available now. Uh, Guardian.com. Okay. So yeah. there you go. I wouldn't mind having that. I know. I just thought about like, one, the danger of taking some of these photos, you know, mm -hmm. like it's it, at times where it could have been so dangerous to eat for anyone to know, period. And then also to go to the trouble to take photos. A hundred years ago, taking a that photo. That could be exposed, literally. Yeah. They could when, be exposed. There were genuine laws and genuine, you know, physical danger. I think about like the fear I had of holding my boyfriend's hand in pub, my first boyfriend's hand in public in the Dallas neighborhood. And then think of these couples a hundred years ago. I just found them beautiful and inspirational and a reminder that though we are not always seen, we have always been there. Yes, we sure have. Maybe not out in crowd, but we are now. I don't know if everyone saw. I just thought it was important we end. Beto O'Rourke made a very important announcement that he is a top. Oh, good. <laughs> I was hoping. The Texas <laughs> organizing project. I mean, I but was... also, he knew. He knew when he wore this, and I appreciated that. Yeah, I was hoping he was the bottom, but okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, or at least verse. versatile. Yeah, a little versatile. Anyway, well, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you another hour, Emerson Collins. Uh, I, I will be watching your show. I can't wait. And um, on uh, Friday, Bill will give us his review of the show. Absolutely, oh, I will have watched it by then. And I just want people are saying a hurricane is coming. It's not coming in this far. We're going to get rain, so don't worry about me. I will be all right. I will be okay. Thank you for the concern. Um, and we do appreciate all of you uh, joining us earlier in the daytime uh, while Dell wraps up his Louisiana adventure. Gosh, you are almost done. But to our late night crowd, the regulars who will be watching back later, hello. We're grateful for hello. all of you. Hello. I get messages from people uh, later on. Uh, so people do watch back and we are really grateful to y'all. When you said hello, it reminded me that somebody, I have not seen it, but I Saturday Night Live with Adele, I can't wait to watch when I get home. And I, I the clips looked amazing. It was so great. Michael said Beto could top him. So there you go. Oh, there you um, go. Adele really was exquisite. I mean, she's hysterical. Somebody needs to get her in a supporting role in a comedy. I loved it. And by the um, way, I just, I wouldn't, you, you said Adam Schiff, but Adam has been my friend for probably 30 years now. And I'm so glad you're to, to see you in our, our podcast today. So, hey, Adam. We enjoy you. And as always, we do work hard to bring you a good and entertaining show. If you want to send us a tip, you can do that on Venmo. 
to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. Seven days, y'all. We are all going to get through this week. I swear we will. <laughs> yes, we will. I love you guys. I love you, Emerson Collins. I will see you on Friday. <laughs>